Hello, this is Paul. This is Laura. I'm Dave. And I'm Alton. You are listening to Derringer Discovery. Listeners, in this episode, we are stepping back in time to feature a band that had a career that lasted over 30 years. 1965 to 1995. But after 1995, the remnants of this band kept going, and they are still going strong. I lit up from Reno, I was trailed by 20 hands. Still touring, still drawing crowds as big as the crowds they attracted in their heyday. Sit out run, but I take my time. A friend of the devil is a friend of mine. I get home before daylight. Yes, listeners, today we are featuring the Grateful Dead, or as some people refer to them, the Dead. As Paul noted, the Grateful Dead was founded in 1965. They formed in Palo Alto, California. The band's dedicated fan base was... And still is, Alton. Yes, still is like no other. The band's fans, affectionately known as Deadheads, are so devoted to the band that they continue to follow the band's remnants from show to show, city to city. They're a community of followers with their own culture. Alton, through the years, the Grateful Dead have had more than... 22 spin-off bands. These various groups morphed out of the core band. Listeners, how many recording artists can claim to have had more than 22 spin-offs? I don't know, but I can tell you that this puts the Grateful Dead in a category all by itself. Listeners, we are discussing the Grateful Dead 1965 to 1995, but we will also explore what happened to the remaining members, the remnants of the Grateful Dead, after the band's primary singer, lead guitarist, and most recognizable member of the band, Jerry Garcia, died at the peak of the band's popularity on August 9, 1995. Listeners, we're recording this episode the day after August 9th, 2022, to commemorate and honor the 27th anniversary of Jerry Garcia's death. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. Long before Palo Alto became known as the headquarters of many high-tech companies such as Hewlett-Packard, VMware, SAP, and formerly Tesla, the Grateful Dead, now known as the godfather of jam bands, fused together rock and roll, folk, country, jazz, blues, reggae, and psychedelia. Originally known as the Warlocks, the Grateful Dead was founded by the following five musicians. One, Jerry Garcia, lead vocal, guitars, rest in peace, Jerry. The second member, Bob Weir, rhythm guitar, vocals, Bob's still with us. Three, Ron Pigpen McKernan, keyboards, harmonica, vocals, rest in peace, Pigpen. Four, Phil Lesh, bass and vocals. Phil is still with us. And five, Bill Kreutzman on drums, and listeners, Bill is still with us. So if you're paying attention of the five, 
three out of the five founding members are still with us today. And Derringer Discovery listeners, to help us navigate all things dead-related, we've invited a highly dedicated Grateful Dead fan, an honest-to-goodness deadhead, to the Derringer Discoveries podcast. Listeners, may we introduce to you our longtime friend, Barrett Derringer. (laughs) Barrett, welcome to the podcast. Hey, now. Hey. Hey, Barrett. Thanks for joining us. It's good to have you, Barrett. So tell us a little bit about your Grateful Dead experience. How long have you been a Grateful Dead fan? So I've been listening to the dead my whole life. We're the same age. 29, huh? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I really got into them in college. And my first show was Mickey Hart's birthday, September 11th, 87 at the Cap Center in Landover. I was lucky enough to see them in the Jerry Garcia band over 25 times before Jerry's passing. I still listen to past shows thanks to all the tapers out there and attend many shows of current cover bands. So Barrett, tell us, did you ever go through a phase of following the band around from show to show or did you just go see them whenever you got a chance? A little of both. When mail order tickets were still a thing, we would try to get tickets for three night runs and I saw them lots in Greensboro, Charlotte and Atlanta that way. I guess getting tickets a little easier now that you got your smartphone, huh? Actually, no. Really? I prefer mail order. I think Paul's a kindred spirit when it comes to technology. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer to meet the stranger on the street corner and hand him 50 bucks and have him give you a ticket. Is that still being done? Mm -hmm. Hand him 150 bucks for a $10 ticket is what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You, You look for your miracles. I got a miracle in Atlanta in 93. I was looking for a ticket. My husband was already in the show and I didn't have one and... I had my finger up, you know, and somebody came and sold me a ticket. It was awesome. That's pretty cool to your husband to go in the show without you and say, good luck, Barrett. (laughs) Well, yeah, he had floor seat and it was really wild because when I got in, I could see him on the floor. It was a great show too. (laughs) So do you still hold it against him? Oh, no, not at all. He was lucky enough to get tickets. And it worked. And I got in. It was still a great show. You're a wonderful person, Barrett. I have to tell you, I don't think that could happen in my world. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, despite the Grateful Dead's 30-year career, they only had one top 40 hit. 1987's Touch of Grey. The lyrics were written by non-performing member Robert Hunter, may you rest in peace, while the music was composed by Jerry Garcia. The video for Touch of Grey, which featured life-size skeleton marionettes, received copious airplay on MTV. And Touch of Grey propelled the band into the mainstream and introduced a whole new legion of fans to the Grateful Dead. Many of the so-called old guard deadheads referred to the newcomers as touchheads. Barrett, what did you think of Touch of Grey and the band's newfound fans? It's funny because that was the year I saw them for the first time, and they encored with that song at my first show. Just like any band that has a big following, there are always the newbies, the ones that are only there to ride the fad wave or to party. I thought it was a great song and a shout out to the boomers who maybe weren't so psyched about the new kids on the block. However, they have so many other songs that are more defining than that one. 
Barrett, did you know that we have a touch head among Team Derringer? Well, there's one in every family, but we welcome all that listen to the music play. So we're going to keep his identity a secret, but he walks among us and pretends to know a lot about the dead. Laura, you're definitely not talking about me. (laughs) And I might be touched in the head, but I'm not a touch head. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, listeners. I am not talking about Alton or Dave. Wait. So, Paul, tell us, (laughs) when did you first see the Grateful Dead in concert? (laughs) Laura, that's not fair. Well, Laura, I noticed that you said he, so you ruled yourself out as one of the people. Exactly. (laughs) And now Dave and Alton have ruled themselves out. Let's just say I'd rather focus on Barrett's expertise and knowledge. Fair enough. I'll do my best. I'm just a girl who loves the dead. Driving that train, how cocaine. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. The listeners during the early 1990s, the Grateful Dead were the second highest grossing act for live concerts. Second only to Paul, one guess. I'm going to go with the Rolling Stones, am I right? I'd say you were right. However, in 1991 and 1993, they pulled in more revenue for their concert tours than any other band. But with Jerry Garcia's death on August 9, 1995, the band ceased touring. After Jerry Garcia's death, the remaining members of the Grateful Dead have gone on to create a number of spinoff bands that continue to perform the Grateful Dead's music. One spinoff band that has been recently touring is called The Dead and Company. In that lineup, you have founding Grateful Dead members Bob Weir and Bill Kreutzman, plus Mickey Hart. Barrett, I heard you mention Mickey. Mickey Hart, and I think of him as essentially an original member because he joined The Grateful Dead in 1967. And guys, you can look it up. He left and he came back. But the bottom line is he was with them when they ended in 1995. There are several non-Grateful Dead members in Dead and Company, notably John Mayer, And we were debating before this as to which song we should reference to people so that you know who John Mayer is. I said Daughters. Alton, what did you think? I said Gravity. Laura, did you have a thought on John Mayer? Don't don't put this in the podcast, but I try not to think about John Mayer too much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Dave? Well... Uh, John Mayer did win a Grammy for Your Body is a Wonderland for Best Pop Male Vocal, but his biggest hit of all time was his first hit back in 2002, No Such Thing. Stop that, stop that. You're not going into a song while I'm here. Actually, I got to correct myself. (laughs) He also won a pop vocal Grammy for Say in 2007 and say hit number 12 just a notch above no such thing at number 13 so say is his biggest hit ever see i've liked the room for squares album that he did that was good all right so barrett's a fan wow barrett i mentioned john mayer but i didn't mention a billy strings can you give us some thoughts is billy strings vying to take john mayer's position in dead and company i don't think so Billy has sat in with Billy and the kids in Red Rock a couple of summers ago that made a big splash. 
I think Billy is a much better guitarist than John Mayer. You also have Otil Barbridge, who played with Tedeschi Trucks Band, and he plays with Dead & Company as well. So you can't forget him in the, in the mix with Dead & Company because he definitely rounds out the sound. So does John Mayer, does he do a good job for Jerry Garcia? Is he a decent, I mean, I know nobody can replace Jerry, but is he a good replacement for him? I think so. Well, the first two times I saw them, I was amazed at how John filled the space. I think he makes Bob Weir better. He keeps him on task. Team Derringer, we also need to mention the Grateful Dead spinoff called The Other Ones. Dave, 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 why do we need to mention The Other Ones? Because, Paul, The Other Ones from time to time included the Commonwealth of Virginia's very own Bruce Hornsby. And in addition, Bruce Hornsby played keyboards with The Grateful Dead from 1990 to 1995. Now, listeners, Bruce Hornsby, as you might remember, is a triple Grammy winner and he's the recording artist behind a number of hit songs, including The Way It Is. That's just the way it is. Some things will never change. That's just the way it is. Which charted in a dozen countries and went to number one in three countries, the Netherlands, Canada, and the United States. But Dave, why do we need to mention Bruce Hornsby? Because, Paul, Bruce is a native of Williamsburg, Virginia, here in the U.S., and Derringer Discoveries is streaming from Virginia. You know, it's in the Derringer Discoveries rulebook. We have to give a shout out to our very own. Yeah, I think you were just looking in that rule book a minute ago, too. Still want to know why I haven't seen this rule book. You know what, if you're going to mention Bruce Hornsby, I'd like to mention that the other ones included one of my favorite vocalists, Susan Tedeschi. I just love her voice. And she and her husband, Derek Trucks, who before they married had their own individual bands, but once they got married, they merged the bands together and called the band, appropriately, the Tedeschi Trucks Band. Well, I came to the city And if I remember correctly, Barrett, you've recently seen Tedeschi Trucks in uh, Richmond, Virginia, right? How was the show? Fantastic. I first saw Tedeschi Trucks at Lockin in 2013, and I was blown away. So, Barrett, have you had the opportunity to see the other ones or Dead & Company? And if you did, wh- what do you think? And how do these spinoffs compare to The Grateful Dead? Yes, I've seen all of them. Uh, when I saw the other ones, Jimmy Herring of Widespread Panic was playing with them. I first saw Dead & Company in Greensboro in 2015 for our 50th year celebration. And I was impressed with Mayer after being a little bit skeptical. I've seen them several times in the past couple of years. Some of the boys have their own bands outside the dead, like Jerry Garcia band. Melvin Seals started playing with Jerry Garcia in 1980, and he is still touring as the Jerry Garcia band. Bob Weir and Rat Dog, Phil Lesh and Friends, Billy and the Kids, Mickey Hart's Planet Drum. They all continued after Jerry's death. Barrett, there have been over 400 Grateful Dead cover bands. That's a conservative estimate. Yeah, I'll go with that, Bear. It's conservative, but at least, let's say at least 400 Grateful Dead cover bands. Two of the most notable are Dark Star Orchestra 
and Joe Russo's Almost Dead. Barrett, have you seen either of these bands? Yes, I've seen both, and they're both outstanding in their own right. DSO is probably the closest thing to the real thing, as they perform past set lists of the dead. J-Rad's phenomenal just because they're great musicians and they're a great jam band. Now, you, you refer to them as J-Rad? Is that what your fans call them? Joe Russo's almost dead. Joe Russo's almost dead is J-Rad. Yes, mm-hmm. J-Rad. Just making sure for, for those listeners like me who wouldn't know. <laughs> Barrett, what's your favorite of the bands that have descended from the Grateful Dead? I loved Further and Billy and the Kids bring a great energy. I think you also have to look at other jam bands that aren't the dead but have that type of following like Widespread Panic and Fish. Dead taught the musicians and the fans how to tour. If you see the Rolling Stones, it's the same list, set list every night. But with a jam band, you're excited to see what you get. I also love that we have local cover bands like Suggesting Rhythm out of Richmond and Mama Tried and Alligator from Charlottesville. Hey, we have a friend that plays in Mama Tried. Susan Munson. I know Susan well. Shout out to Susan Munson. Yeah. yeah. Most recently, we had RVA Fadeaway, a group of high school boys that can sing and shred the guitar. But most are graduating and headed to college. So we're looking forward to a winter break show from them. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. The Grateful Dead's catalog is huge. Trying to pick a few favorite songs by The Grateful Dead is going to be tough. But guess what? That is not going to stop us. Team Derringer is going to do exactly what we set out to do, and that is we're each going to pick one personal favorite Grateful Dead song, and we will share a snippet of that song with you. Barrett, you're the guest. You get to go first. That is such a super hard question. So I'm going to go with all the B songs. Bertha, Brown Eyed Women, Broke Down Palace, Black Peter. Bird songs, probably one of the top ones. Robert Hunter wrote it in tribute to Janis Joplin. But I was jamming the other day and I have to go with Box of Rain. Look out of any window, any morning, any evening, any day. I love that tune. It's one of my all-time favorites. Phil Lesh isn't the best vocalist, but it's just a wonderful song. And that was a snippet of Box of Rain. Is it true that he had the lyricist Robert Hunter write the lyrics for Phil Lesh's ailing father? Yes, that is true. Laura, you're next. Yeah, so my favorite Grateful Dead song is Ripple. And Barrett, I am dying to know what you think of Ripple. It's a favorite. Robert Hunter wrote that and two of my other faves to lay me down and broke down Palace in one afternoon. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I didn't either. So it was three songs written in one afternoon, and they're some of their most popular songs. Do you happen to know what afternoon that was? It was some random afternoon in 1970 while he was in London. Right, Barrett? Yep. If my words did glow With the gold of sunshine And my tunes were played On the harp of strung Would you hear my voice Come through the music 
Would you hold it near As it were your own It's a hand-me-down All right. Well, Dave, Laura has given her choice. Dave, what is your choice for Grateful Dead? Well, since I am the oldest of Team Derringer, my all-time favorite Grateful Dead song is Touch of Grey. Barrett, what do you think of my choice? I think that's awesome and very fitting. Thank you. Wow. Barrett, you're not going to give us any guff, are you? I thought you might say that Dave's like a touchhead if he chooses Touch of Grey. Oh, no. Anybody that appreciates the Dead's music, regardless of which song it is, they have to have some sunshine in their eye. Alton, can I do my recitation now so you can cut it out later? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, quiet on the set. Must be getting early. Clocks are running late. Paint by number morning sky looks so phony. Dawn is breaking everywhere. Light a candle, curse the glare. Draw the curtains, I don't care, cause it's all right. I will get by, I will get by, I will get by, I will survive. Dave, you brought tears to my eyes. That was uh, that was touching. Oscar worthy. Yes, that was Oscar worthy. <laughs> All right, Team Derringer. How am I supposed to go after that? I mean, Dave got a recitation, but I'm going to go next, and this is going to be tough. My favorite Grateful Dead song is the opening track from Grateful Dead's 1977 album Terrapin Station. This song was written by Bob Weir, and it was with his collaborator, John Barlow. And I have to say, John Barlow, rest in peace. He's no longer with us. My favorite song is Estimated Profit. Barrett, what do you think? of Terrapin Station, and for that matter, what do you think of my choice? I think the John Barlow, Bob Weir team brought us some great tunes, and Estimated Profit is one of them. All right, good. So I survived the gauntlet. (laughs) (laughs) And now, Alton, you get to wrap us up. What is your favorite song by The Grateful Dead? My favorite song by the Grateful Dead is a song that's actually done by one of my favorite bands as a cover. It was a band that we covered in episode 27, I believe, a band by the name of Olabel. They did a wonderful cover of the Grateful Dead's Broke Down Palace, and I believe that was also a Robert Hunter song. Alton, I think you're on a quest to mention Olabel in as many episodes as possible. That's my mission in life, Paul. <laughs> Barrett, what do you think of Broke Down Palace? 
Write Down Palace and Ripple are on my favorite Grateful Dead studio album, American Beauty. I don't listen to the studio stuff much, but uh, mostly past shows. But this one, in my opinion, is the best. I got to see Ripple and Breakdown Palace several times. I was very lucky. Well, listeners, that pretty much wraps up today's episode. We encourage you to explore our prior episodes. Every episode is an adventure. A musical adventure. Hey, I was going to say that. Sorry, Dave. I'm quicker on the draw. Listeners, we'd love to express our sincere appreciation to our longtime friend and honest-to-goodness deadhead, Barrett Derringer. We are grateful. See what I did there? We are grateful that you joined us today and for guiding us through all things dead. Barrett, before we go, is there anybody to whom you would like to give a shout-out? I'd like to send a big hey now to my husband, Chuck. He was with me for the majority of my dead shows. He's my tech guru and uploads all our music to my devices. I'd also like to say hey now and I go to my best friend, Trish, from college, who's been to over 55 shows. And my friend, Suey, who we just recently went together to see Dead and Company at Hampton. Excellent. Uh, Wonderful shout outs to our new listeners who joined in today to hear Barrett. Please subscribe to our free Derringer Discoveries newsletter at our website, which is DerringerDiscoveries.com. Listeners, we hope you have enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as Paul mentioned, at our website, you can direct link to this episode's show notes by typing www.derringerdiscoveries.com forward slash 038. Until next time, this is Alton. This is Paul. This is Laura. This is Dave. And this is Barrett. And you've been listening to Derringer Discoveries. In your sister's room. I was trying for spontaneity. I didn't realize I took Laurie's line. I was just trying for like, hey, welcome to the show. Oh, sorry. Now Angus is stealing the line. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Sorry. Hey, hold on. The video for Touch of Grey, which featured life-size skeleton marionettes, received copious airplay on MTV. I like that. That's a good word, Dave. Yeah, I'm glad you wrote that. Isn't she, isn't she a member of that world-famous group? She is. You know, ed, you know, Alton will edit that out, but she is a member of the world-famous group. But that's okay. It was fun to mention. Thank you. Do, do, do.